You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning, good afternoon. I'm not sure what time you're going to be listening to this, but it's great to be able to speak to you. And I really want to thank Michelle and the Women's Ministry for asking me to talk to you this morning and share some things with you uh, for our devotional. I want to talk for a little while about 2020. You know, when we're at the last month of 2020, and when you think about 2020, the year of just fill in the blank. I mean, a lot of us have some really bad thoughts about 2020. Uh, A few of us might have some good things to think about with 2020. But before we get into 2020, let's just pray. Father God, thank you so much for being able to uh, share some things today. And Father, thanks so much for your word and for just all the many things you've taught us and, and shown us how to live, Father. Father, thanks so much for being there and always listening and, and hearing what we've got to say and meeting our needs also, Father. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus who came here and died for each one of us. And Father, I pray that we continue to focus and rely on him, rely on you so that we can bring you glory. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to share a few months ago, uh, a number of us were on a Zoom call, which is the way we meet now. And we were talking about doing a women's podcast or something similar to what they do in The View uh, for the women's ministry. And we decided, uh, let's do a segment called The Good, the Bad and the Ugly. And let's talk about 2020. And so a number of us were saying, "Okay, well, bad and ugly is easy. Okay, so let's think what was good in 2020. And we thought about it and talked about it. And we really couldn't come up with anything that anyone could think of that was good. And then one of the sisters said, "Okay, wait a minute. I know. I know what was good in 2020. The good that we thought of was the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And we said the Popeye's chicken sandwich, that was the good thing with 2020. I mean, they came out with that chicken sandwich and it was supposed to compete with Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich. And it was supposed to be better in every single way. It was cheaper. It's bigger, crispier, juicier. It had pickles that were crunchier and more tart. The bread was thicker, toastier, more buttery. And we were talking about that Popeye's chicken sandwich. Now, there was one sister who had not tried it. And we told her that she really needed to repent and go out tomorrow and get one. Okay, I'm not going to tell you who that was, but because I do believe she got one by now. But anyhow, we said the Popeye's chicken sandwich. That was 2020. Now, some of you might be thinking, I don't know why you say that's good. That doesn't sound healthy, but. You don't put health in the same sentence with Popeye's anyway. So, you know, that's what we said. And, and, you know, afterwards I had shared with my kids for a minute. I said, you know, we talked about 2020 and what was good in the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And my kids said, Ma, the chicken sandwich was 2019. You probably didn't get one till 2020, but it was 2019. So you can't even put that in 2020. There's really not much of anything in 2020. So I thought and I said, yeah, that that's true. When I looked it up, it was 2019. 
And I said, okay, well, 2020, what were some of the things that happened in 2020? And when I went on the internet, there really wasn't hardly anything listed that was good. There were things listed like the Australian brush fires. Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan quit the royal family. Uh, the president was impeached. Uh, Twitter got hacked. I mean, you know, those those things happen all the time with, uh, you know, social media getting hacked. Uh, there were murder hornets in the northwest. Uh, Beirut exploded. Um, global warming uh, was the cause there. Science is saying for hurricanes and California wildfires. And these things would be headlines in other years, you know, over and over again. But because of so many other things that overshadowed it, you know, that was like uh, more of a subset of what happened in 2020. And then, of course, you know, um, the uh, the police brutality, black people getting killed, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Black Lives Matter protests, social injustice, civil unrest, racism, and then the deaths of these famous people, Chadwick Boseman, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Alex Trebek, and of course, the one that topped them all, the coronavirus pandemic, where millions have been infected, 275,000 Americans have died, pandemic that is still uncontrolled, we're under a stay-at-home order right now. Masks are required. Part of the country doesn't even believe there is a pandemic. And this thing has affected our physical health, emotional health, mental health. And then to top it all off, we have a presidential election. Uh, Joe Biden wins the popular vote, the Electoral College. And then there's parts of the country that don't even believe he got elected. So 2020 has been a year where... It's going to go down in history as so many things happening that have affected us. And there's a lot of suffering that has come along with all of that. A lot of us are suffering. A lot of people are suffering. Some of us are looking at it as a year of change, things we've had to change, staying at home. There are some that feel staying at home is okay. I need a break. I like being at home. For others, it's awful. It's been cramping their style. It's just very difficult. A lot of times it's very hard to adjust when there's a forced change, something that's put on us. You know, if I want to stay at home, let me make the decision. But if everybody else tells me you must stay at home, that's difficult. Wearing a mask. Our mask has got to become part of our wardrobe now. Going out to the store and shopping, that's become a thing of the past. Restaurants, eating in a restaurant, that's a thing of the past. Going to a movie is now a thing of the past. Amusement parks, entertaining. Getting into an elevator with someone is even a thing of the past. I got into an elevator a few months ago with my mask, and this man was getting ready to get in. It didn't have a mask, and, and I just told him, you got to wait for the next elevator, you know? And he said, yeah, I guess so, because you're not getting into an elevator with me without a mask, you know? And so it's that kind of thing we've had to adjust to, but a lot of people look at 2020 as, hey, this is a year where we've had to endure a lot of change and a lot of suffering. But the thing about suffering is suffering produces things. It produces an appreciation for God and in a dependence on God. Psalm 34:18, and Michelle referred to this in her devotional a few weeks ago. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. 
Sometimes it takes things getting beyond our control to get us to rely on him. We live our lives a lot of times like we don't need God. Now, we don't say it. Okay, we know how to look Christian and act Christian, but we live like we don't need God. We don't live our lives walking with God, talking with God, depending on God all the time and realizing and having the faith that God is in control of all this stuff happening, no matter what's going on, good or bad. Okay, and I need to ask myself when I look back on 2020, what did I learn from all the difficulties, hardships and challenges that have happened in my life? What am I seeing and how is it changing me? Not just during the pandemic and all the things in 2020, but in my life forever. Hebrews chapter five, verse eight says, Jesus learned obedience from what he suffered. Now, he was also the son of man. So he had to obey through hardship, temptation and suffering so he could experience what we experience. And he learned from what he suffered. So, so should we. We can all agree that all of us have suffered to some extent. Everybody suffers, but very few of us learn anything from it. So what am I learning from what we're going through? One of the things I'm learning is that we need to take more of a genuine interest in each other. Taking a genuine interest in our children, our our marriages, our roommates, our families, our households. Well, why your family? When you think about your family, your family is who God gave you forever. You did not choose it, okay? God chose it for you. When my kids were born, they could not say, I want dad, I'm not gonna have mom, I don't want him as a sibling. No, God put us together. He chose my family for me. Philippians 2.20, Paul writes of Timothy, I have no one else like him who will show a genuine concern for your welfare. And we need to learn to show a genuine concern for one another, especially our families. And I talk about families and households and what I can learn from 2020, because 2020 is very interesting because we're under stay at home orders, meaning we're locked up with those people that we lived with at this point. And you got to think, why did God allow that to happen? You might not be that close to your family, but now you're locked in the house with them. You're being given the opportunity to get there. I can't understand when people say, well, I'm more close to the people outside of my family than I am my own family. Well, you know, God gave you your family. He chose those people for you. And that was divine. That was God. And now the government and with the pandemic and what God has allowed to happen has chosen you to be in the house with them and to stay there. You know, so if you're not that close to your family, get to have a genuine interest in them, start meeting their needs, know their needs, your households, your roommates also meet their needs, know their needs, start taking a genuine interest in them. If you don't live alone and say, you know, at this point doesn't even apply to me. Okay. There are genuine needs and interests of other people then 
that you need to take an interest in. You know, a lot of times they say, you know, when people don't live with other people, you can look at that a few ways. You can, but one positive way is you don't have other people to pick up after and things like that. So you have more time in order to be able to meet the needs of others. That's what Paul meant when he said, hey, I wish everyone was single as I am because he had more time to be able to preach the gospel and meet the needs of other people. And there's a reason for that. And so there are plenty of needs around you. Last week before Thanksgiving, I had called my sister-in-law in New York and I said, oh, how are you? Actually, we were on FaceTime and she said, well, you know, I'm OK. I'm sitting here slaving over a hot stove. I said, why? No one else can come to your house. You know, we're in a pandemic. She said, yeah, I know. But you know what? And she's a disciple in the church in New York. She said, yeah, but, you know, there's these needy families in our region and, you know, they've identified some people that I should be meeting the needs of. So I got to I got to I'm cooking dinners for them. But then I started to think and I thought of a few more. So I've got like 11 dinners to fix. That's why I'm slaving over a hot stove. The thing about the point is she someone pointed out needs and then she saw a lot more needs and said she was in there. She was cooking. And there are a lot of needs that are out there. And we've got to learn how to take a genuine interest in in others, especially during a time like this, when so many people have so many needs. I think it was a story of my grandmother a while ago, and she, this was obviously a long while ago, she would always cook all of this food for all of us. And one night, you know, there were probably about 20 of us in the house, and she had cooked all this food, and we were all sitting there, and, and she, while we were eating, she'd be washing all the pots and pans up. She still hadn't eaten, but she would always wash them up. And she'd yell from the sink, does anybody else need anything? We said, no. And she'd always say, okay, because I'm going to finish all of this. And you got to realize that when I'm done with this, the maid is off. I'm done. And then I'm going to eat, you know. And we would always joke with each other saying, the maid is off. So, you know, you got to get what you can get, you know, while the maid is on, joking about her. And But the funny thing about that was, when you think about it, she had already cooked all this food for everyone. She was cleaning up while we were still eating. And what she was saying is, do you all need anything else before I take care of the need I have to eat? And she had already done so much. And the interesting thing about that is it's the heart of, you know, I've served you, but do you need anything else before I serve myself again? So if you're the kind of person that goes home, look, I'm tired. I'm going to sink into this chair. I'm going to get what I need to get. Or do I get home and say, does anybody need anything before I do what I need to do? That's really taking a genuine interest in the needs of others, especially your household. The other thing I'm learning is that we've got to be willing to compromise. We have got to be more willing to compromise. I'm learning that a lot of us don't like to compromise. We don't like things taken away from us. You know, as Americans, and I'm going to say it, we're doing the worst in the world with this coronavirus pandemic. We're doing worse than any other developed country. You say, well, 
Is that a political statement? No, it's just a fact. We have more cases and more deaths than any other nation in the world. Okay, we have over a quarter of a million deaths, about 275,000 people who have died from the coronavirus. That's devastating. That is so heart-wrenching. That is so difficult for so many people. And it's difficult, and I say that, you know, we don't like to compromise, and we're doing so poorly, because when you compare it, in the United States, we have 275 deaths from coronavirus, and in a country like Singapore, they have 29. Yeah, 29 total people who have died from coronavirus. You know, and you might think, well, they're a much smaller country, you know, they're, they're not close in population to the United States. The U.S. is third in population in the world. We're behind China and then India and then the United States with about 340 million people. Next country closest to us in population is Indonesia. Indonesia has 267 million people. All right, so compare us to Indonesia. We have 275,000 deaths in the United States. Indonesia has 16,000. We're not doing well. Why? We don't like to be told what to do, and we don't like to compromise. We don't want to be locked up. We don't want to be told to stay at home. We don't want to wear a mask, a lot of us. I manage a a medical practice, and one of the staff members uh, has family that's in another country. And she was sharing with me a few weeks ago. She said, my mother is allowed to go out from 4 to 8 o'clock to do her shopping on Tuesday and Saturday, and that's it. Children cannot go out. Those are the times when she can go out and do her shopping. And when she goes out to shop, she must wear a mask and a face shield. She said, okay, so my uncle went out with his mask and without his face shield, and he got fined. That's how strict they are in other places. Now, are they doing better? They're doing much better than the United States. And we've got to learn from these things that, hey, this is important, okay? It is very difficult for us to take that kind of direction. You know, why is it so hard for us to stay at home? Either we don't want to be told what to do or we don't like our home. And, you know, as disciples, we're under the lordship of Christ. So we're being told what to do anyway by the Bible, by God, by Jesus. So that we just got to get over. But not staying at home. We don't like staying at home. That's a big problem. And what I say to a lot of you is if you don't like staying at home, why don't you make your home a place where you'd like to stay? Okay, make your home a place where you enjoy being right now. You're there anyway. It doesn't make sense to constantly want to be somewhere else or on vacation or not there. If you've got to spend most of your time there, make it somewhere that that you're going to enjoy something that's you, you know, so that that's really a place that you know, warms your heart that you love. And, you know, hopefully that'll translate into you bringing other people into it when you can and when this pandemic is over and really being able to reach people. You know, as far as wearing a mask, um, that's direction it's given to us. It's a, you know, and I've heard, well, you know, it's a guideline, not a requirement. Guideline is a line by which we should be guided, you know, and we need to take this guideline, this guideline and this guidance. But more importantly, is we wear it for others, okay? More so, 
it protects me when you do that, you know. And those things are really, really important, especially as we're going through these trying times and this time during this pandemic. So it's so important that we consider others better than ourselves in this instance, as it says in Philippians 2.20, and that we really are protecting other people and being willing to compromise. I never wanted to be a mask you know, a mask to be part of my wardrobe, but that's what I need to do, you know, in order to be able to protect others. And that's one of the things I'm seeing in 2020 is, you know, how difficult it is when we're told, you know, this is what you must do, you know? And, you know, I said, okay, that's something we've got to learn that I've got to realize if things happen and we need to take this kind of direction, we need to be doing it joyfully and considering others better than ourselves. Final thing I'm thinking about that I'm learning through 2020 is we need to be thankful for what we have. Thankful. It is easy to be thankful and be grateful when things are going well. It's challenging when things are not. It is so easy to focus on the bad. Remember the group I was telling you about in the beginning, you know, when we said we're going to do the good, the bad and the ugly. And we couldn't think of anything good in 2020. Why? Because it was so easy for us to focus on the bad and the ugly. Now, there's a lot of bad in 2020, you know, from our perspective. I realize that's all relative, but, you know, um, it's it's, you know, focusing and and thanking God, even when times are, are challenging, can be really difficult. But even with bad stuff happening, Romans 8.28 says that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So you mean that with even bad things happening, God can work them for the good? That's exactly what the scripture says. We can get so caught up in the emotion of bad things happening and how we feel and not being able to do things, and our lifestyles being changed, and the suffering that's going on, that our faith gets killed, you know, into seeing, and and we don't really see God working anything good from it. And we fail to see God through the storm. We have learned a lot in 2020. What are some of the things we've learned? We've learned that we don't need to physically meet together in order to have church. Now, we like meeting together. We love coming together and seeing one another. But we have more more people watching us virtually than we do when we are physically meeting together. Now, it's not a complete substitute, but we don't need to meet together in order to have church. We'll welcome that when it returns. But that's one of the things we've learned. We've learned that we need to pay attention to things like global warming and what's going on. That's one of the things we've learned in 2020. We've learned that this issue of racial bias, social injustice and and problems we've got with prejudice. We need to fix these things and address them both in the church and be involved with them outside of the church. So we will be more like Christ. We've learned in a hard way that life is short. We need to appreciate one another. The sudden deaths of some of the famous people, the deaths from all these people who have died from coronavirus has shown us that life is short. It can be taken in a minute and that we need to appreciate and value each other in a deep way. 
And we need to thank God for all he's given us. If you have your home, many don't. Many lost their homes in hurricanes and wildfires and things like that. You need to be grateful. If you have a job, many millions of people don't anymore because of what's happened with the coronavirus. You need to be grateful. If you have family and many don't or they're missing family members now, you need to be grateful. If you have your health, you need to be grateful for that. A man was walking down a road when he accidentally stumbled and fell into a pit. A doctor came by and asked if he was hurt from falling in that pit. A lawyer walked by to see if he had anyone he wanted to sue because he fell in that pit. A police officer came by and wondered if he should write him a ticket because he fell into that pit. A banker came by to see if he wanted a loan so he could upgrade that pit. An archaeologist came by to ask him how deep was that pit. Scientists strolled by to try and figure out why he fell into that pit. A teacher came by to see if he had learned anything from falling in that pit. An inspector came by to see if he had a permit from being in that pit. His friend came by and sat and talked with him for a while while he was in that pit. His family came by and cried because he was in that pit. His minister came by and prayed over him while he was in that pit. But a disciple came by and pulled him out of that pit. Why do I end like this? Even if you're in the pit or someone else is in the pit, if we continue to focus on God, and even in the midst of our suffering, if we continue to rely on God, he will continue to use us to his glory. You see, it's not about you. It's not about me. It doesn't depend on you. It doesn't depend on me. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. We want 2020 to be over. But you know what? We don't know if 2021 is going to be even worse. But we can learn from all that we've been through in 2020 so that he can change each one of us to become more like him. Until we meet again, have a great day. I love you and I hope to see you soon. Amen. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.